Hey, Dylan here. Before we roll the intro and get into today's episode, there's something that I quickly want to share with all of you listening to this. So given the current situation in the world, live content is becoming more and more important for SaaS companies right now. Webinars, roundtables, and online events are taking over. And if you've tried running any of these yourself, you know just how difficult they can be. And that's where today's sponsor can help. Restream allows you to broadcast live, engaging video directly from your browser to 30 plus social networks at the same time. They power over 8 million live streams every single month and are already trusted by companies like Cisco, IBM, and Microsoft. And more importantly, I love Restream and I'm using it every single day. So with this sponsorship, they're enabling us to take this podcast and my own live streams to the next level so that we can bring you even better interviews. If you would want to try it out, please visit restree.am forward slash Dylan. That's R-E-S-T-R-E dot A-M forward slash Dylan. It'll take you straight to the homepage and show them that you came from this podcast. They have a great free plan that you can use to test it out. And you'll also get a $10 credit when signing up using that link. So once again, that's restree.am forward slash Dylan. Okay, let's get into today's show and roll the intro. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the SaaS Marketing Show, a weekly podcast for founders and marketers within SaaS and B2B tech. You'll be hearing from senior marketers and founders at some of the most exciting companies in the world. You can expect to hear advice, results of experiments, and exactly what's working behind the scenes of some rapidly growing SaaS and B2B technology companies. No top-level BS, actionable stuff only. My name is Dylan Hay, and I'm one of the co-founders of Hay Digital, a PPC and CRO agency that helps SaaS and B2B technology companies grow. I just happen to also be the host of this show. So when we're not interviewing senior marketers or founders, we'll be sharing behind the scenes of our business and exactly what's working for our own customers, many of whom are just like you listening to this podcast. Okay, let's get into today's show. Are you looking for your next scalable acquisition channel? Something that consistently drives new signups and demo requests. Sounds like it's time to introduce PPC. At Hey Digital, we're experts at helping SaaS and B2B technology companies grow with paid ads. Learn more at heydigital.co. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the SaaS Marketing Show. I'm super excited for this one. So we are joined by John Ruji, who is the VP of Marketing Strategy at BombBomb. So BombBomb is a platform that enables you to quickly and easily add video to any message, helping you save time, increase response rates, and generate better results from any of your messaging and outreach, et cetera. John, welcome to the show. I'm really excited to have you here. Hey, Dale. Thanks for having me. No problem. So today we're going to talk specifically about a recent campaign that you guys did at BombBomb where you were able to onboard, it was either close to or just over 4,000 teachers into the platform within a few days through word of mouth. So we're going to deep dive on that, kind of the how that came about, the strategies for, for doing that. But before we jump into that, I would love to find out a little bit more uh, about you and the team at BombBomb so we can share that with everybody listening. So we were talking just before we hit record, speaking about, okay, so the title VP of marketing strategy, like what does that, what does that uh, cover at a company like BombBomb? Because 
as we said earlier on, we all, we often hear of like uh, VPs of marketing, CMOs, et cetera. VP of marketing strategy is something that I don't see as often. So I'd love to find out kind of what your role is like at BombBomb and maybe what the marketing and kind of growth team structure is like at the moment as well. Yeah, sure. So I think the most relevant thing I can tell you at the moment to start things off is that I just joined BombBomb three months ago. So I'm still kind of getting a lay of the land, you know, earning my wings, so to speak, and uh, helping us, you know, put the right strategy in place going forward. But a little bit about BombBomb. We have a chief evangelist, Ethan Butte, who can do a far better job of this than me. But <laughs> the way I describe it to people today is, you know, when, when we communicate with other people, the best way is always face-to-face, -face, right? You know, ideally that's in person. Uh, the next best thing is something like what we're doing now over Zoom, so live communication. But we can't always talk live to each other, right? It's just not practical. And so unfortunately, the next best thing that currently most people have available to them is just text. So a text message in Slack, a text message on your phone, a plain text email. And, you know, we all know, we've all experienced these situations where your email just doesn't get interpreted right the right way. The emotion doesn't come through, the context doesn't come through, you know, not to mention all the time that it can take to um, explain something, explain a, co a complex topic. And so that's where, you know, video messaging and video engagement solutions like BombBomb come in. We allow you, like you said, to send video. We make it very easy to and fast to record, you know, send and then track videos that you send, can send across a variety of platforms. So that's what we do in a nutshell. In terms of me and my role, before we recorded, you're asking me what the heck a VP of marketing strategy was. And to be honest, I had this exact same question late in 2019 when I was you know, asked about the role. I had just left a, an Australian-based SaaS company that I was working for and had decided to pursue consulting, kind of like what, what you're doing. And I got a few months into that. I was, at the time, I was really focused on helping companies with thinking through positioning, thinking through messaging strategy. I've spent a lot of time thinking about category design and, and how that fits into things. And so when BombBomb approached me about this role, I'd never heard of a VP marketing strategy. I didn't know what that was. But when we kind of broke it down, it ended up being in line with those things that I just described. So you know, a lot of marketing roles are you know, tactically focused, kind of short term, like how are we going to hit numbers this week, this month? But what a lot of um, SaaS companies don't spend enough time on is thinking through kind of the longer term, like what's the foundation for, for what we're doing? You know, how do we go from where we are today, which is a little over 20 million? How do we go from, from that to 100 million ARR? How do we get to, you know, a billion if, if that's our aspiration? And so that's a lot of what I'm focusing on is historically, I think BombBomb was founded in uh, 2006, believe it or not, which is very old for a SaaS company. They were very focused on some niche industries where like video had just was, was solving a very immediate and very you know, pressing problem. So places like real estate, uh, mortgage, um, automotive industries where like people react with clients or sorry, need to interact with clients and having that face to face time is really valuable. And so what we're focused on now is, of course, broadening that. And as we've seen more and more people get comfortable with video, use video, understand the importance of face to face. We're broadening those those target markets and so a big part of my job is figuring out how we're going to do that awesome cool yeah thank you for thank you for sharing that because i know that you're as you said like still figuring things out too right it takes time to 
to get those to figure out which direction you're heading in with especially any kind of leadership position or senior position as well I, it's cool to hear that you, you touched on it very briefly but we always cover this with everyone that comes on the show just talking about some like um, some standards I guess of where the business is at so Bonbon bon founded in 2006 I find that super interesting actually for a video business like I know you haven't been there you've only been there a few months right but was Back in 2006, has it, has it been video from the very beginning? Like, have there been many pivots, do you know? Because I would imagine, like, we, we know of platforms like BombBomb, Bomb, like Loom, uh, Drift have come out with video now too. These all seem to, to me very recent, like over the last few years. I, I didn't realize actually something like this was around in 2006. I know it would have been slightly different, but yeah. has it always been video focused? Right. It's, like, always, it's always been, yeah. So the, our co-founder, Connor, he sent his first you know, video email in 2006. And so that was kind of the, the core thrust of the company early on. And like, just for some context in 2006, so I, the iPhone didn't come out until a year later. Wow. So like this idea of like recording videos on our phone that, I mean, unless you consider like, you know, cell phone videos, just crappy right. cell phone videos, that didn't really exist as a thing you could do in until at least 2007. You know, Google bought YouTube, I think that same year as well. And so like Instagram didn't come out for another four years. And so there was, the world was a very different place. I think people have always needed the, you know, had this need to get face to face, but like our usage of video and the technologies to support that and just people's level of comfort with video was at a much different point right. way back then. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Cause I remember, so when I worked at Hootsuite, like maybe three and a half, four years ago, some of the like product team had just had done a bit of a spin-off from Hootsuite to set up Vidyard. Like, and I remember we were, we were using Vidyard in the sales team three, four years ago, maybe even longer. I can't remember exactly, but at that point we were like, anyone that received a video message from us thought we were like completely changing the game kind of thing. Cause very few other people were doing that. And so I can't even imagine what the response would have been like in 2006, 2007, 2008, like even for years after that. So that's really cool. You mentioned that uh, the business, Above 20 million ARR, which is awesome. You said to me before we recorded, just over 50,000 paying customers, which is great. So thanks for sharing all of that stuff. And the business has been bootstrapped like fully, right? To 20 million ARR. No, yep. awesome. That's yeah, so no, cool. no VC money. Yep. Wow, awesome. Okay, cool. That's great. Thank you for, for sharing all of those things. What does, the, what does the marketing team look like? How many people do you guys have in, in marketing at It's We're in the middle of making some changes right now. Yeah. So okay. just... And so the answer might be different when this is released, but I think we're about, I want to say around a dozen at the moment. We've, we've kind of historically, well, not even historically, because we've gone through some changes the last year. The idea was that like my role, again, it's more focused on strategy, long-term thinking. Yeah. We've had some other roles that are more operationally and tactically focused. And we're making a few changes there to just help us get better with. We've, the biggest transition I think we had, this was before I joined, but our software used to be a very like sales, like a hands-on sales approach. So someone would request a demo and then our sales team would walk them through that. But we've transitioned to more of a self-service model where for most people, if they're just signing up as an individual user, you know, they're buying the product, we're providing resources and training, but the expectation is they would kind of sign up on their own. So we're investing some more resources to help make that happen and happen better. And then our, that allows our, our sales and our ABM teams to, to focus more on you know, SMB and mid-market. Got it. Okay, cool. That makes sense. So let's jump into the topic that we had scheduled in for today. So I know that you guys, I saw something 
about this on uh, on LinkedIn when you were when you were running this, and then that's what led us to. We've been meaning to talk and get you on a podcast for a while anyway, but I know that we decided this would be the kind of catalyst for that or the episode. Yeah. But you guys recently ran a campaign focused on supporting teachers and people within education. So could you just tell us a little bit more? about what that campaign was and uh, how you came up with the idea. And then we can kind of deep dive into some of the action points of how you actually went through with that. Yeah, I think the place that I'll start is actually the, the culture of our company, which is maybe not a typical thing to say in a SaaS podcast, but we, you know, we were all, you know, personally affected in a very small way. We, you know, we had to start working from home with COVID-19. That was a very small thing, but we also saw like all these other people who were, facing much more dire circumstances all over the world. And as a, as a team, we just asked ourselves, like, you know, what's the right thing to do in this situation, right? Like, we're not doctors, we're not going to, you know, cure people, we're not going to make masks or anything like that. But everybody can do something, you know, big or small. And so we asked ourselves, like, what does that look like for us? And along with that, we realized that we, you know, a lot of us have children or, you know, who are in school and you know, we're, or we're married to teachers or we're friends with teachers or, you know, our parents were teachers. And so we saw that all these teachers were having to teach remotely from home, which, I mean, teaching is never an easy job, but having to do that in a completely different context, like all at once, we, we had, you know, we knew that was super tough. And we also looked at our product and we, obviously we know that we can help people communicate better when they can't be there in person. And of course, teachers, they're there in person every single day normally. And now all of that is broken. So we thought we had this hypothesis that, man, this, like, theoretically, this should work really well for teachers. They could communicate class assignments. They can give feedback on homework. They can provide, um, you know, some updates to parents because they can't do these, you know, live, you know, in-person conferences. We knew that there had to be a dozen, you know, use cases all the way down from, you know, kindergarten all the way up to university. And so we thought, man, if we can make this available to teachers, this is, this is going to be huge. We think this is going to really help, but like, how do we actually do that? Right? Like we don't have a free product and we were not going to charge teachers for this, like even doing a discount, like that wasn't in our, in our DNA. We just wanted to make it accessible. So how do we, how do we make it available for free? How do we help, like help them know about it, you know, at scale. And then once they get access, like how do we make them successful with, with the software and, and actually get value from it. Those are the three things that we started to, to think about. So if you like, I can kind of break those down and give you some more detail on each. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Cause I also know one thing that I'm interested in is, as you said, like education teachers is an industry that is totally new for you guys as well. Right. Like you didn't have any, or maybe a couple of education based customers before. So I'm interested, like I can understand the, the logic behind how you ended up in that point. Right. Like, leading from that place of humility and trying to support people. Mm. Um, but from a business standpoint, it'd be really cool to find out, okay, um, how do we, how do we go about doing this? And then also like how, what do we have to change if anything in terms of our like approach to this, to this launch? Cause I, I know I saw you posting about it on LinkedIn. I'm sure other members of the team were posting about it too, but I would love to see like what that strategy was like as well. Like how did you get in front of the teachers if you had no network there previously too? Yeah. 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 So, well, let's start there because that's probably yeah. the most interesting. We can come back to the, yeah. the product, and, and, but that's more tactical, I think. So, you know, like, I, like you said, we got about 4,000 teachers signed up in, in just a few days in a short period of time. And that was all through, through word of mouth. I was looking at our Google Analytics the other day and like 
46% of the traffic is referral. A lot of that is ends up being from social and then about 40% of it is direct, mm -hmm. which is means, you know, people are just sharing the links that we put out there with, with no, uh, you know, tracking in place. And so we really did two things. One, you know, we've got over 50,000 you know, users and we knew that they would be like, they're buying into video for the right reasons. They know, you know, what it's, um, what it's capable of. And so we knew that starting there would be a great way to like get the word out. So we put together some, you know, some messaging. We did some videos around like how we can help teachers and how this is an opportunity for everyone to, to step up and, you know, act with, um, act with kindness during this time. And we made it very clear, like, this is something we're doing to help. It's not a, you know, we're not going to like charge teachers later on. And this is a way for us to make more money. Like we just said, Hey, look, you, you're maybe like us, you're probably married to a teacher or you know one or your, you know, children are in school. Here's a way that you can help. Right. Very simple. Uh, a couple emails we sent out to our customers. We built a landing page just for teachers. It's uh, I'm sure it's still going to be live when, when this is published, it's bomb, 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 slash education. And it was like, we, we tried our best to like lay out kind of what they were going through. We had Ethan, our evangelist do a short video about what they were going through. And I think the thing that probably stands out to me most is like, we didn't pretend to have all the answers figured out for teachers, right? right? We didn't say like, this is exactly how you're going to use it. And we know exactly what you're going through. We own that. And we said, Hey, look, we don't really work with a lot of teachers, but we imagine that this is something that can help you. And, and we want to make that happen. And so like, as a quick follow-up to that, we, we put together training resources. So like the very first business day, it was a Monday that this went live. I think we launched it over the weekend. On that first Monday, we said, hey, we're gonna do a webinar for teachers. And it's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be live. We're gonna have teachers on. We wanna like show you what this is and, and learn from you about like, what are we missing? You know, what are ways, you know, you can use this that we haven't thought about? What questions do you have or things like that? And we started doing these daily webinars every single day. And just the fact, I have to believe that we were not just giving the products away, but that we were investing the time and the resources into helping teachers. Just like with any customer, when you create that goodwill, they're going to talk about it with their friends, with their right. colleagues, and that helps drive you know, even further word of mouth. So that's, that was a big piece. The other piece is our team did a great job of sharing this on social. I mean, it started like our president, he set the example, you know, Darren, Darren Dawson's his name. He shared it on like a Friday night and he got like, um, you know, like 200 shares on his Facebook post. And so then he encouraged the team is like, Hey, you know, people are responding really well to this. I encourage you guys to do the same. And we did a, a lot of our team shared it on different social channels and we got even more, you know, pickup through that as well. So it was really just those two tactics, Dylan, um, that email and that, that, you know, word of mouth on social that helped drive everything. That's so awesome because like, I, I think it's morning for you right now. It's afternoon for me and yeah. maybe in my morning. So a few hours ago, I did an interview with Andy, who's the CMO at Leadfeeder, the company where I used to work before setting up Hey Digital and was talking with them about their kind of response to this whole situation, but more specifically what they've been doing with webinars. Now, I don't know which order these episodes are going to go out. So anyone watching or listening to this, definitely go and check that episode out with Andy Culligan from Leadfeeder. But they've been running webinars with some really good success in terms of like viewer numbers and then just bringing, like educating people too, but then it's converted into some good leads for the, for the business. But when I asked him about, okay, what's your strategy for promoting these 
promoting these webinars, like how have you been able to get, there was one webinar they did last week where they had like 1800 people register for the webinar and like a pretty good show up rate too. And he was like, look, it's not as complicated as most people think. The kind of the two channels that we've utilized is number one, like our own audience of customers and email lists, like showing them that we're doing something that's actually useful to people and not just a crappy piece of content or whatever it might be. And then number two is leveraging everyone on the team using their social channels and their social accounts and really just pumping this up. And that combined with the effect of like, Hey, we've spent the last however many years building this brand and this authority in this business. So that now when we do try and launch something and it's valuable, like people really pick up on that. And so it's cool to hear you kind of echo that point as well. Cause I think a lot of the time, especially with marketing and especially with SaaS companies, it's very easy to be looking for that quick hack or that quick tip or trick. And I know it's not ideal for someone maybe early that's listening to this, but it really does prove that if you lead from like lead from the heart, lead from the right place and you do something that's actually good or actually useful and then get people excited about being involved in that process. Those are the kind of projects that more often than not end up performing pretty pretty well and it's, it's not difficult to get people to the team to share things on social like if if the team are passionate about it like you just said so you said that you were pretty inspired by the president of, of bomb bomb the way that he did it and he had the exact same approach i asked him like hey i've noticed you've been super active on linkedin like talking a lot about this webinar and how you've been approaching them recently like why why is that and he was saying that he was using his post as an opportunity to like build up the morale in the team as well especially with salespeople who might be a little bit not down right now, but a bit apprehensive about everything that's going on. If they see, are oh, we getting all these people registering or coming in and using the platform and we're helping all these people out, everyone else gets excited. And when everyone else is excited in the team, good things happen as a result of that. So it's pretty cool to hear the similarities between the way that they approach things and that you guys approach this um, specific right. like project or launch as well. Right. Yeah. And that word excitement, that's, that's really key. And that it kind of leads to the last thing that I should probably say about this, which is, you know, I mentioned these, these tactics, right? But I think the most important thing was what allowed those tactics to happen, which was the mindset we had going into it. Yeah. And that mindset was that like, it's just not going to be perfect, right? We launched this in 48 hours. This, and we've got 150 people. And I didn't say anything about, I don't think we have time to go into like the engineering work that had to happen to like allow freak accounts to be a thing. We did this soup to nuts, like 48 hours and across a bunch of different departments and there was so much excitement about this. People were, you know, working, like dropped everything they were doing to work on this and, you know, doing something at that scope within just like two days doesn't happen unless you're excited, unless you have this mindset, like it's not going to be perfect, but it's the right thing to do. And we need to let some of that perfection go just to get this done, help people out. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. And I'm hoping that's going to roll over into you, you guys, like, continued marketing strategy and for other people listening to this as well, like after all of this, situation like blows over right and when things go back to normal quote unquote like it's interesting to see that hey I, i'm seeing that people are actually it's weird that it's taken something like this for people to figure out how to actually market in like a human way rather than just a, hey i'm doing this because it's what everybody else does you know that's right yeah that's awesome right. okay cool thank you for thank you for sharing the story behind like how you guys have how you guys have done that. I would like to ask just one more or maybe one or two more quick questions and then we'll, sure. we'll wrap things up. So I know we agreed to kind of dive deep into that, um, that launch, if you want to call it, or this special for the teachers and people in education. But it would be cool to hear from you too, like as the VP of marketing strategy early on in this role, a couple months in, like what else is on the, 
what else is on the radar for you in terms of activities that you're wanting to either expand into or try out or things that are working well for you at the moment? I know you use the term like category um, definition as well, which is something that interests me. Like what else is top of mind for you guys, especially as you're transitioning to trying to bring in some more of these self-serve customers as well? Sure. Yeah. Well, that term category design, that's, that's something that I can share a little bit on. And it's, it's, a, it's a strategy that doesn't apply to most companies, mm-hmm. but it's a strategy that does apply when you're in a situation where most of your buyers are not aware of the problem that you solve. And there's not like a good context for describing the solutions to that problem. And so, you know, just like most of the people listening today, they're probably not familiar with BombBomb. They're probably not familiar with, you know, video um, messaging and video engagement type solutions. Maybe they've heard of them, but it's still new to most people, right? And so our biggest challenge right now is not that like BombBomb is better than this company or that company or some of our competitors. It's more um, fundamental than that. It's the fact that like people don't know that like there's a lot of pain that comes from just relying on text. Right. And that now, hey, there's a solution that can help you get that FaceTime when you can't get face-to-face. That's what we're working on right now. And to help us get there, this is probably a topic for another episode, but we're thinking through like, you know, what are the next best fits in terms of target markets for us? What are the best, what are the capabilities we have as a company that'll allow us to serve those markets better than other, others who have this, you know, similar solution? And then, you know, what is this category? We're still even, we're thinking of what this, the name for the category needs to be. I mentioned a couple options out there, but like, what is that name? Like, what does that mean? Like, how can we develop that, a point of view around why this category needs to exist and market that to the world, you know, more so than like all of our features and and, technological developments, things like that. So, you know, following in the footsteps of how companies like Salesforce, HubSpot and Terminus have, have gone and developed new categories, we're in the, in the very same boat because, like I said, people don't know what this is. They don't really know about the problem and, and know about the solution. So we're really focused on the right content, the right messaging, the right kind of advertising campaigns to get that across. Yeah, another really good example of someone that's done that very well is Drift too, right? With conversational marketing. Like they've totally um, coined a whole phrase that's now just embedded into what chat is essentially for SaaS companies and stuff. They've done a really yeah. good job of that. That's right. Yeah. So they, they've got a great chatbot software and, you know, they've taken chatbots to another level instead of just being like a little live chat, you know, widget that lives on the corner of your screen. You know, chatbots are so much more and you're right. They went through that same process of category design and, you know, here they are with, with conversational marketing. Right. Is that, is that the kind of thing that like, I know you said before you came to BombBomb, you were doing like consulting and supporting people with this. Is that the kind of thing that really gets you like pumped up about how you're going to go out and approach this kind of category design and how you position yourselves and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. For me, it does. That's just, that's the, the way I'm wired. So I love that <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, it was really good to have you here. Like, thank you for sharing those tips. I think even though this is, I guess like a, a campaign that you guys ran specific to the time that we're in right now. I think a lot of the things that you talked about and approaches that you guys use can and should be replicated in a lot of other marketing campaigns that people are going to be looking at and launching for their SaaS companies. And I, I really appreciate you for coming on and sharing. So yeah, it was really good to have you on the show and, and thank you for your time. Yeah, my pleasure, Dylan. It was a lot of fun and good luck with uh, you know continued success on your podcast. Oh, 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 oh,